0: to menopause morph your time to change we're here to help you thrive through your menopause bringing you experts in many fields to help you from perimenopause to menopause and beyond to become the strong vibrant woman nature intended you to be hosted by pauline mccarthy of the pearls of pauline pearls of wisdom compassion and joy
1: Welcome to this week's Menopause Morph. Today we have the lovely Veronica Grant. Veronica is a love life coach, host of the Love Life Connection podcast, and creator of the Dating Mindset Bootcamp. She helps smart, ambitious women who feel like they have it all except love find it. On the surface, Veronica helps women enjoy the process of dating and meeting higher quality men, but what she really does is teach women how to create a life they love so they can attract the relationship they dream of into their lives. When she's not writing about herself in third person, you can find her indulging in probably too much THG TV, planning her next adventure, or spending quality time with her husband and puppy. So welcome, Veronica. Thank you, I'm so excited to be here. Okay, so you help women with, today we're going to talk about One of the things that you're an expert in is helping women go into the dating scene again. And, Mm -hmm. you know, many of our listeners are happily married. So please, ladies, if you're happily married, don't look for another date. You know, (laughs) Um, maybe not the wisest choice. But if you find yourself single, whether it's because your partner has passed over into the spirit world or you have got divorced or you've just never found the right man, Veronica is the lady to help you so Veronica could you tell us your story about how you got into this kind of field
0: yeah so I actually started as a as a health coach and I was helping women um, lose weight and feel better about their bodies themselves in a healthy way and um, it was really interesting is a lot of my clients at the time came to me because they're like, Veronica, I want to lose weight so that I can date again. Or Veronica, I want to lose weight because my husband's skinnier than me and I just, you know, I can't be intimate with him. Um, And pretty much everything, you know, in in, in between. And so I kept hearing that over and over again. And I didn't love health coaching. Like I just kind of got bored with it. It wasn't that that's not valuable for people or it's not helpful for some people. But for me, it just wasn't really the thing that I wanted to be coaching and teaching on all the time but with relationships i love talking about dating and relationships and love i could watch rom-coms and sitcoms about dating and relationships all day long i could talk about it all my i was like the go-to person for all my friends on you know they wanted my dating advice or what i thought about a situation that they were in i had friends who would ask me to write their dating profiles so i was working with a business coach at the time and so these two things were kind of happening at the same time and i honestly didn't really think anything of it and she was like, Veronica, why don't you coach people like you don't like health coaching? It's not really working. You're not it's not just clicking. So why don't you switch over to dating and relationship coaching? And I was like, people don't do that. <laughs> or like, people don't pay for that or people don't. And so I did. And I've never looked back. It's been amazing ever since. And I love helping my clients get into relationships when they send me pictures of them and their new partner or boyfriend. It just makes me super, super excited.
1: And what about your own love life? How uh, how is that going?
0: <laughs> well, I just got married, so pretty pretty good. <laughs> but it wasn't always good. In my group of friends, I was always the single one. I had friends who I just felt like they couldn't stay single, and yet I couldn't get unsingle. <laughs> if that's even a word. I and if I wasn't single, I was probably chasing a guy who didn't really care that much about me. At least not in terms of a, having a healthier relationship. Or I was just, you know, upset about someone that had just ghosted me or ditched me or something or something like that. This happened for, I mean, many years. I mean, for most of my, most of my 20s, really, I was just constantly chasing guys who just were not available, whether emotionally not available, or literally, they were about to move somewhere. And I was like, totally enamored and in love and in love by them. And it took a while to figure out what was going on. But through doing a lot of work on myself, you know, working with um, therapists on like, just totally other things that were going on in my life, I realized that I was actually, in fact, emotionally unavailable. Like, even though on the outside, like, logically, I was like, I want a relationship, I want to get married and do that whole thing. Really, I wasn't actually truly available in a, in a deeper way. And most of that was just because I had Zero confidence and zero connection to to myself. I just felt like I had to put on this perfect facade to be lovable and to be likable. So I felt like I had to have a great image and like literally have the perfect body, have perfect social life and friends and grades and then job and money and career. Once you know, once I got to that part of my life, and so then the littlest thing can knock down that facade. It was like the three little pigs, and like I was like the hay house. Like anything could knock it over. And when you get into an intimate relationship, like, you know, you do feel exposed sometimes and you do feel like you, you know, are connecting in a deeper way. And like if, you know, I just didn't have the capacity to to do it. So in, in hindsight, it makes sense why I was attracting emotionally unavailable guys through doing a lot of work on myself. Like I just like I mentioned, and when I went to health coaching school, because at the time I wanted to help people just get healthy. I actually, in turn, did a lot of that work on myself, not even really meaning to, quote unquote, fix my dating. But I realized once I was going through this transformation, dating all of a sudden didn't suck anymore. And I was attracting really great guys. And whether or not it worked out or if it was the right person, like it wasn't like the emotional roller coaster that it was before. And it wasn't just the constant, you know, unavailable guys. It was like actually legitimately real potential matches. And it wasn't that long after I kind of went through that transformation on my own that I met Stevie. Been together for 4 years, just got married. It's been great ever since. Wonderful.
1: When a woman breaks up her relationship, been divorced a couple of times actually. <laughs> but um it, the last time I decided that I would have 6 months break. Mhm. And I would just focus on myself, just get my get my head together. And then for 1 year I would date with no strings attached. And then at the end of the year I would choose the best one. And that sounds like really fairyland stuff, but it's it, it worked out exactly like that. you know. <laughs> and people just don't believe that. Because you, you know, when I was telling my friends this plan, they said, it doesn't work like that. You know, like you'll meet somebody and then you'll be with it. And I didn't no, for one year, no strings attached. And I dated a lot of men. And like, I'm a very confident person. So it was like that, what you were saying is like, when you're all messed up inside and you're not confident, then, then you're needy. And then you will attract needy men. Yeah. If I had dated anybody in that first six months when I was like completely messed up, I probably would have attracted really messed up people.
0: Yes, you attract people who either who mirror you or who are like the the um what's the word? Like like the opposite puzzle piece, right? Antithesis,
1: uh-huh. uh-huh.
0: Like if you're really, um, really needy and clingy, then you're gonna attract someone who's super controlling right? Because like, it's just a match made in heaven, like someone who's needy versus someone who's really a controlling t- type of person. Or if you're like the kind of person that it gets really attached to, to people to um, because like, that's like your sense of confidence or sense of personhood or or whatever, then you're going to attract the narcissist, right? Because a narcissist mm-hmm. is going to love the fact that you're super attached to them. And <laughs> And so, so it's just, you know, it's not like you're attracting exactly who you are. It's just, it's almost like a perfect match, but just not exactly the match that you're looking for. It's a toxic match.
1: (laughs) So basically we should get ourselves together first before we start dating. So when do we know that we're ready to date?
0: Yeah, that's, that's always like, you know, a hard question because it's kind of like a chicken and the egg type of thing. And, and, you know, the thing is, is that I, I hesitate to say just blankly, work on yourself before you date, because for some people that can just be forever an excuse to like never actually, you know, start dating and putting yourself out there. And at some point, you just have to do it, even if it means like, shit's gonna hit the fan, even if it means you're gonna, you know, maybe get maybe get your heart broken, or fall back into an old pattern, you still have to go out there and try so you can then pull back and regroup and be like, Hmm, okay, like what worked? What didn't work? Where am I still, you know, falling into old patterns? What's triggering me? What's tripping me up? You know, because I've I worked with clients who are, I'm just trying to work on myself before I date, but it's, it just, they end up, it's, it's just a crutch and they never ever, you know, go back out. So, you know, I think that when you're trying to, you know, decide if, if you're in a place where you can, you can date, I think a couple of things to look into is, Do you feel like you need this person or need a person to feel whole and complete? And if that's true, then you're probably not ready to date because you're just going to fall right back into an old pattern and trap. Another thing is if something doesn't work out, even if you're not interested in him and he doesn't call you back either, it's just a mutual like not interested. Like, are you going to take it really personally? And get obsessed with him just because he wasn't interested in you, even though, you know, you're not interested in him, which, by the way, happens all the time, then, again, probably not quite ready to to date, you know, but if you're if you feel like pretty good in that area, then I think, you know, going back out and dating after a breakup or after a divorce, if you do want a a relationship, obviously, you have to to go out there and, and do that. So does that, does that help us answer that question for you?
1: It does. And what I believe is that we should write down what we want in a partner. I did it physically. I even said black hair and like this length and, and this build and age group. I was very, very specific. There was one thing that I didn't put down and that was that he should be very spiritual. And my husband fitted everything except for the spiritual thing in now we've been together about 14 years and at the beginning I thought, well, it doesn't really matter. But the older I get and then the kids have left the nest, so it's just him and I. I have a lot of spiritual things in my life and I can't talk to him about that. And this is going to sound really bad, but if if I had written that in my, my list of what the person would have been, I wouldn't have chosen him as my partner, even though I, like, I love him to bits. But I think sometimes we settle for the, the easy fruit instead of the the juicy fruit. You know, we just take the low-hanging fruit mm-hmm. instead of... Like a, a lot of women, they'll marry the first person that asks them to marry them instead of being choosy. I remember years ago, I was only about 16, and the priest said to me, many women take more care over choosing a coat than they do over choosing a husband. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And it's true, like you try on many coats, and you that one doesn't fit or that's a different color or something. But often we just go with the first or the second person who asks us to marry. If we could write down everything we wanted perfectly about a person
0: and then we know we can focus on that type of person. What do you think of that idea? Well, I actually don't teach my clients that specifically. I teach them kind of a variation of that. I teach my clients instead of like writing down all of the details I I teach them to write down well how do you want your partner to make you feel? Cuz I think at the end of the day like that's most important because the thing is is that like your partner, your husband or boyfriend or wh- whoever is, you know, no one person can provide everything to you and be everything for you. And I think there's an expectation within marriages that your partner is like your everything. And in a lot of ways, like that person, your husband is like your rock and your everything, but not in the sense of like, it's fulfilling all of your emotional needs. And so, you know, I think it's totally fine to get spiritual needs taken care of somewhere else or intellectual needs, or I don't know, like celebrity gossip, emotional needs, whatever, whatever your thing is. But you just have to decide, okay, what do I actually need from my partner? And what can I get from like other people from friends and neighbors and and, and things like that? So I think that's really important. And I just think, you know, I know like with the law of attraction, it's like write down everything, but I really
1: Yeah, I'm very much into law of attraction.
0: And I am too, but I just think that sometimes without like having a deeper understanding of what law of attraction is and how it works and what you actually need to do, it's not just about sitting at home and waiting till he drops up on you or whatever. I think that writing down a list can make people or can can actually hold most women back. And that's because either you go on a date with a great guy, and they don't really fit a lot of the things that you have on this list, but some of the things that may not fit he may not fit or might be arbitrary things or things that don't actually really matter in a relationship and so then you just kind of blow him off
1: this is true, yeah,
0: or like someone fits like everything and you're like, "Oh my God," and then you put him on a pedestal, and then you're just like nervous and you're not really acting like yourself, and then like a connection's not really gonna happen either. So, you know, that's why I say just focus on how he makes you feel like get really clear on how you want to feel, not just in your relationship, but how you want to feel day to day in your in your life, because your relationship is part of your life. It's not just like this other thing, right? And then look for for guys who can make you feel like that. Because the thing is, is like, if I had written a list down, Stevie would have, you know, had a lot of the qualities, I think. But there's some definitely some things that he wouldn't, would never have, you know, that just completely surprised me that, you know, that I, that I ended up with him. He's like an engineer and I'm like, totally not engineering at all, but we mesh really well together. And he makes me feel how I want to feel, which I think at the end of the day is most important because end of the day, we, we want all these things, whether it's a partner or we want a new car, or we want a house because we want it to make us feel a certain way. So, you know, that's where I tell people to, to focus first
1: those that have been in relationships before that didn't work out how can they learn from their mistakes or their experiences to help them in future relationships
0: you know I think that if it's just a one-time I don't want to say a one-time thing but like if generally the relationship was healthy love isn't always forever and it just kind of falls apart or you just kind of grow apart and just it's like a mutual like just moving on understanding type of thing You know, I'm not, this sounds bad, but I'm not so concerned with that. I mean, I know obviously it hurts and it sucks and breakups always are painful no matter what. To me, that's less concerning. What I'm more concerned about is when the same thing keeps happening over and over and over again. Whether it's like... Dating the same type of guy over and over again, or like you get into two or three different marriages, and like it's literally the same problem like the guy's kind of controlling he might be a little narcissistic, he doesn't really treat you well or respect you, or there's no like really intimate bond. That's what I'm more concerned about, and that's where I think that you know if you're experiencing that kind of pattern, I think that's when you really have to 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 look to look into because if you just get if it's just one relationship like a marriage, and it just didn't work out for for whatever reason, you know, I don't want anyone to like beat themselves up about like, oh, they did everything wrong and nothing, you know, like, like they suck at life and they suck at relationships because sometimes, sometimes relationships just have expiration dates and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nowhere to blame. It's just like, okay, looking for the lessons of like, when did the relationship start to fall apart? What could have been better? Could we have had communication earlier on? Could we have gone to marriage therapy? And that could have helped, you know, if we'd done that earlier on, but You know, I'm more concerned if the relationship's going, a pattern's going on and on, on, over and over again. Like, you know, what's happening? Like, what about him is making you super attracted to him?
1: Yeah. You hear of some woman and they're in a relationship where the man beats her up and then she gets divorced and she meets another man and he beats her up. And she goes through several and every man she's with beats her up. Right. That's a pattern because
0: most men don't beat women up. Right, right. Yeah. So that's definitely that's a pattern. And, you know, to do that, I think you really have to look into into childhood, and to look at the relationship with your parents, you, especially the one you had with your father, and in their relationship, your parents relationship with each other, or whoever raised you it doesn't have to necessarily be your biological parents, because usually that will tell you where some of the some of the patterns begin, and, and why they and why they exist. So, you know, usually, for example, If you're in an abusive relationship, whether it's physically abusive or emotionally abusive, often it's because you're trying to recreate or get the love you didn't get from your father. So like if your father was abusive or if your father was just not available, like whether it just literally wasn't there or just wasn't emotionally there, when we're as adults, we go out and try to basically fill that void of Um, of that, of the father's love. And, and usually that not, and on top of that, it also leads to this idea of that we're not good enough. Something's wrong with us. Like um, our father used to beat us or wasn't there for us because we weren't good enough for him because we didn't make good enough grades or because we weren't pretty enough or because we couldn't make him happy. And so then that tends to attract people just like him just like your father who you know have issues their own issues dealing with their own emotions and they take it out by you know abusing the ones the ones around them so you know it's not you know say this people who who have been in abusive relationships but especially repetitive abusive relationships said it's not by accident um you didn't make him mad or abusive like he, he like that's his own that's his character yeah yeah own pattern. That's his own, you know, that's his own issues that he just never have dealt with. And you just happen to be on the receiving end. So it's never anyone's, anyone's fault. And it's just simply that you're also just like the abuser, like you're also in a pattern. And it just takes a combination, I think, of therapy and coaching to rework that pattern so that you aren't attracted to to men who abuse you. Because it's, what's even more complicated is usually there's a very strong attraction. Especially physical attraction, and so that's a lot of times what keeps people staying, um, or a, a belief that no one else will will love them. Often because the abuser has told them that before, which is something probably similar to what their father has said to them before, something along the lines of a man will never love you, or you you should be lucky that I'm providing food and shelter for you because no one else would, and so it just creates this belief, well no one else will love me, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna stay. So. There's a lot of things going on in in relationships like that. And so that's why they just repeat themselves because it's familiar, even though no one wants to be abused and no one wants to be in that situation. It's just what's familiar. And that's how our brain works. You know, if you think about it just on a very simple level, like think about how hard life would be if you had to consciously think about every single thing you did every day. So like, okay, I'm going to brush my teeth. I got to grab the toothbrush. I got to put the toothpaste on the bristles. Like, it would just be exhausting. At this point, you just do it automatically because it's just it's familiar. And that's how the brain wants to operate so it can be most efficient as possible. And the same things happen when you're in patterns and relationship patterns like your brain just goes to default mode because that's easy. And that's what I knows how to do being in a relationship that's healthy, even though it's what you want, feels hard and feels foreign. And so a lot of times there's like that panic or freak out, like, oh, I don't know what this is. I don't know what's going on. And so then you revert back to pattern, you know, your old pattern, which often may be like an abusive pattern. So that's why it takes a lot of outside support and usually not just friends and family because they may not understand it in a deeper way. But really, either with a therapist or a coach who understands this type of stuff would, you know, really be important to help you break that pattern because it's been your whole life and it's not going to just break in three months. You know, it might take a couple of years.
1: So I suppose it's a bit like in the Alcoholics Anonymous when they're, I think it's for one year, they're not meant to date. Right. They're meant to just focus on getting sober. And so if you've been going through a series of abusive relationships, then you should have your time where you just don't date. You know, you just focus on getting yourself sorted.
0: Yeah, I—I I, and I think that's helpful. But I also think it's a little bit, a little bit different because, you know, with alcoholism or really any kind of addiction or addictive behavior, It's really just a matter of for people who are addicted to whatever, whether it's alcohol, food, sex, drugs, whatever, they just don't have the the resources they need. So right. So like they they feel sad or they feel stressed. Right. So they turn to alcohol when they feel like that rather than turning to like journaling or meditation. And we all we all like have these resources that we use to help ourselves ourselves feel better when we feel bad. And so the thing is the resources have different consequences, right? So like drinking a lot of alcohol obviously has consequences, journaling or meditating or going on a walk. Obviously it's going to have different, more beneficial consequences to as a coping mechanism. I mean, this is my opinion, but I'm sure other people say different things. I think part of the reason why the first year in AA, you're not supposed to date is because there's just a lot of emotions going on or could be going on in, in when you're dating and in relationships. And it could be very, very easy. And can, they can be very intense. And so it can be very easy to resort back to alcohol or whatever you're addicted to rather than the, another a healthier coping mechanism like journaling or calling a friend or meditating or exercising or something like that. So I think it's similar to, you know, getting out of abusive relationship and, you know, learning different coping mechanisms. But I think because it's not they're not necessarily addicted to it in the same way alcoholics are addicted to alcohol. I don't know if it's exactly the same, but I mean, I do think that if you've been in a series of, you know, unhealthy relationships, definitely taking some time to get to know who you are and connect with yourself and, you know, build your confidence, I think is really important. But it's it's not just even if you're not going to date, it's not about just sitting at home and thinking about getting confident. You still have to go out and maybe make friends or meet people or get a new hobby or take a class of some sort or apply for a new job so that you're building confidence because you can't. Build confidence just by sitting home and thinking about how you're going to be different next time you date again. You have to still go out and do things to to build that yeah, confidence. Yeah.
1: I had a really difficult divorce, and I was medicating myself with ice cream and uh, crisps. I think called them potato chips in in America, potato chips. But it was a, a pint of Ben & Jerry's, Pringles, and or other kind of potato chips, and sometimes Mars bars every <laughs> single night. I yeah. put on about 20 kilos in six months. Can wow. you imagine? Yeah. I've lost most of it, you know, but I'm now going through uh, it. I was on a plateau for a while. Now I'm going through the next phase. So as you said, it's consequences. You know, like if I had been taking alcohol to numb the the craziness that was going on, I would probably be an alcoholic just now. But instead, I just got kind of fluffy. Right. You know, but 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 food is a drug. You know, food is a drug. Right. You know. Many people use it to, to medicate, to make us feel better. And that's what I did. My, my kids were young. And so when they went to bed, it was just me. I would watch TV and eat all these lovely, yeah. delicious things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which was just, made my body really, really ill. Yeah. It's not good. When I was a teenager, you met men by going to discos and bars and things like that. But nowadays, you get yeah. more and more people with online dating. Actually, that's how I met my husband online dating because my kids were young and I couldn't get out so I would be on the computer I met a lot of men and he was the best out of the, I was telling you the one year that he was the best one. (laughs) It can be very daunting and I know from my experience some sites you would go on and the men were just looking for sex, just for sex, you know, they went and they would ask me, what are you looking for? (laughs) And I wrote, a knight in shining (laughs) armour. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh i found my lady
1: shining armor but a lot of men said no I'm, uh, uh, I'm looking for sex i said bye and it was like on these sites i think or well, the site that I, I was on i think there was far more men than there was women okay because as soon as i went online it would, it would be about 20 30 men would start to chat you know there's this online chatting thing and it was <laughs> you know I live in Iceland but I'm originally from Scotland so most of these men were, were Icelanders <laughs> and the first thing I would ask them was do you speak English and if they say no I'd to go bye because I couldn't type fast enough in Icelandic because I would have to think about the words so I just thought no the person has to speak English So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but so that was oh, well let me see that must have been 14 years ago so things have changed quite a lot in 14 years so
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They've changed a lot in the past 14 months.
1: (laughs) Okay. So can you give us advice about online dating then? What are the do's and the don'ts basically?
0: The big picture thing about online dating is nothing trips people up more than online dating. That's for sure. But online dating isn't dating in of itself. Like for example, I We'll talk with a lot of women. Um, like before I work with someone, I do a you know, just like an intro session to see if we're a good fit to work together and like I'll ask them about, okay, so what's dating, what's relationships like? And they'll just immediately talk about online dating and how like the guys are like this or they don't get messages or they never respond or they're always wanting sex or whatever. It's like, okay, cool, that's online dating, but like what about dating, like other parts of dating? And they're like, uh and so And so what I like to say is that online dating is just simply a tool, and it's a way to meet people. It's not the problem, and it's not the solution to your problems. It's just, it's just like how signing up for a wine tasting class might be a fun way to meet people, or going to like a meetup kickball game or something, or joining a church might be a good way to meet people. Online dating is a good way to meet people, and it's nothing more, it's nothing less. Um, because I think what trips people up most is simply the mindset. Like, yes, there are some tactics, like and some good ideas, I think to have on your profile, or the good things to have on your profile and, and how to approach people. But I think mindset matters so much, because, because yeah, of course, there there's creepers online, like who just want sex, but there's creepers at church who just want sex. And there's creepers at the bar who just want sex. Like it's not just online dating, but we make it about just being about the online, online dating. And so When someone is creepy and they message you or they clearly just want sex, what I find happen, especially if it happens a lot, women almost start to internalize it and just think every guy is about sex. And so then their their profile reflects that frustration or reflects that fear or their messaging does. So, for example, you know, they might say something like, if you're just interested in sex, then don't message me. Or like the first question to a person might be like, are you are you interested in a long term relationship? And are you married? Right. Because like maybe they've been messaged before by married men. And it's obviously like you want to know if someone's, you know, telling the truth and you want to make sure they're actually single and not married and say they say they are and like not looking just for sex if you want a relationship. But to have that type of language, whether it's in your profile or the messaging, It just sets a really, really bad energy. And if you think about it, who are the people that are actually into that, right? Like if you're like put yourself in the shoes of an emotionally available, genuine guy and some, some woman's profile says like, if you're just interested in sex, like don't message me. And they're like, whoa, almost like crazy lady. Right. And they'll move on to the next profile, you know, whereas like the creeper guy is going to be like, oh, this is going to be fun you know, when they when they see that message. And so then they'll message you. And and it's like, all of a sudden, now, like all the guys who want sex are messaging you. So it's almost like you're creating your own magnet. <laughs> right. And you're just confirming what you already believe to be believed to be true. And same thing with the first message. Like if you, you know, again, like put yourself in the shoes of like a genuine, emotionally available guy, and you the first thing you say to him is, Are you married? The person's going to be like, no, I'm online dating. Like, what do you think? Like they're not even gonna be in that mindset. But like if someone is married or they're kinda creeper or they're kinda weird or they just want sex, then they're like, oh, this is gonna be fun. Right. And so it's just you have to think about like how, you know, nice people think and how creepers <laughs> think. But it but it all goes back to the mindset, right? Like, yeah, I don't think you should have things like on your profile, I'm not looking for this. Rather, I think you should say what you are looking for. Because so I think that attracts the the guys that I think that most women probably listening to this want, but a lot of that still stems from the mindset because you're so nervous or you're so scared or you're so frustrated that it just reflects in it. And it begins to, your energy begins to spill out even across the internet and you start attracting those, those, those types of people. So that's the most important thing. I think, I also think that I said this kind of briefly, but I think it's really important to be positive in your profile, like say what you want say like who you are and describe your ideal relationship or describe the relationship that you're looking for. But without being like, I'm not looking for this. Don't message me if like, because I think that just sends a really, really bad energy. I also think that you have to remember that that men are just as scared as rejection as as you are. So I like to kind of throw them a bone right in the profile. So in your profile, like have some sort of question or like call to action that that makes it easy for them to message you right because a lot of times you see a profile and you're like wow like I don't even know how to what to say like because no one knows how to message a do the first message like it's all like people always freak out about it right so like just make it easy like why are you making it hard for people to contact you it's kind of like as a business owner and like if I if I'm like on a website and I'm trying to like sign up for their email list or I'm trying to buy something from them and I can't freaking find the sign up box or the pay button I'm like why are they making it hard for me to buy from them? Like, I don't get. Aren't they a business? And it's kind of the same thing. Like, online dating. Like, why are you making it hard for people to message you? Like, ask a question. Like, if you write about, you know, one of your pastimes is like traveling or reading, like your question could be like tell me your favorite book or tell me your favorite author, or, tell me your favorite trip you've taken or tell me your dream vacation or whatever. It doesn't have to be like super deep and complicated. It's just whatever your profile is already about. Like, so basically, you're giving them
1: permission to contact you.
0: Yeah. And and it does a couple of things. I think people who are genuinely looking for someone, you know, are going to definitely respond to if the profile resonates with them are going to respond to that because they're like, Oh, cool, she made it easy for me to contact um, you. And it also kind of weeds out people because there are people who will just message anyone, they don't even read the profiles they or just like mass messaging. And It kind of helps you to weed those people out because if it's obvious they didn't read your profile, then you're just like, delete. And it's like, who cares? And that's the other thing about mindset is like, if people don't respond, if people send you weird messages, if people don't answer your call to action questions, like just delete, 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 who cares, right? Because if you let that weigh you down, then it's going to show up in how you interact with potentially great men.
1: I think some people feel that it's impolite just to delete without responding but I think in this situation, why why waste your energy on these kind of negative people?
0: Yeah, I think that's just, that's just the belief, and I personally don't share that belief. I mean, if you've been messaging with people and like you just decide that it's not the right person, then yeah, it's the same person you've been talking for a couple of days. And I mean, I guess the polite thing to do would be to say, you know what, I don't really see this going anywhere. Best of luck or something. But if someone just messages you, like and it's just one message, I don't think you have to message them back.
1: Very good. So we're coming near the end of our time. You have a, a website at veronicagrant.com and you have something free there for our people to listen to. Yes. Can you tell us about that?
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's actually a brand new website. So I'm super excited. And on the website, I have a free let it go guide. So whatever you're just holding to that's holding you back, this guide will help you let it go. So whether it's an ex- whether it's an old pattern that you um, like a dating or relationship pattern that you can't seem to shake off, whether it's just a limiting belief or a block that's just like blocking you from love or emotionally available, guys, this will help you to remove whatever is getting in your way. And you can grab that at veronicagrant.com. Lovely.
1: Lovely. It's veronicagrant.com slash meditation.
0: Oh, sorry. That's a different freebie that I have. So the let it go guide is at VeronicaGrant.com, And then I do have a free meditation series. It's veronicagrantcom forward slash meditation. And that's just five meditations to help you attract and get into the right mindset of attracting your ideal partner. So there's definitely some law of attraction elements in those meditations. So I really love them. And a lot of people have really loved them.
1: Excellent. I really believe in law of attraction. Last week, I employed a new person. I have a souvenir candy company. And I wanted somebody very flexible and with these kind of attributes. And and I wrote it all down and I got the right person. Very nice. And when I was showing this to my husband, he says, there's no way you're going to find somebody like that You're with all (laughs) these things. And uh, it came. (laughs) He doesn't believe in the law of attraction, but it keeps happening. You know, like when I write these things down, it happens and he's gone it's just just a coincidence and I said it's not a coincidence if you don't know what you're looking for you're never going to find it
0: yeah I have the same conversation with with my husband I'm all about law of attraction and I think he gets it on some level but he's not as woo-woo as me as as you could say
1: (laughs) 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 well uh, Veronica it's, it's been great having you here and I hope that our listeners will be inspired the ones that are looking for for another love in their life if you want to learn more from veronica just head over to her site veronicagrant.com yep
0: and i also have a podcast the love life Connection oh yes podcast, the podcast. so well, the- and it's called um
1: love life connection
0: podcast, podcast. yeah and yep. that will be on
1: itunes and stitcher radio and all the other kind of yep. podcast places wherever you listen okay, to podcasts
0: them. Them. it's there
1: <laughs> yes lovely so if you're listening to this podcast Whatever you're listening to that, just search out for Love Life Connection Podcast. Wonderful.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was so much fun.
1: And we'll see you all next week. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Menopause Morph, your time to change. If you've enjoyed the program, be sure to subscribe to the next one and please leave a rating and review on iTunes to help us spread the message about thriving through the menopause. To get a free ebook, more menopausal resources, and to connect with Pauline, please visit www.menopausemorph.com.